You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 007. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Well, hey there, Mr. Smith. Hello, Mrs. Smith. How's your day? You know, it's been it's been really good, but I I have to say I'm feeling a little bit like we might need to retract one of our previous segments. I had a feeling you were going to do that because after we did that podcast, we started realizing how many times we do shorten stuff all the time. Yeah. So, okay. So we should tell you what we're retracting. So, and we're not retracting it completely, but I thought, you know what? I really don't want to be a hypocrite. So, and I tried to find all these ways to make this okay. So, okay. So let me just start with, we realized that we shorten all these words and make all these abbreviations after we did an entire segment about how much we hated that. And I think what it comes down to is there's just certain shortened words that I fucking cannot stand. And it's mostly like natch and totes. Can't stand that shit. Why? What is it about it that gets under your skin? Well, I was, I thought about that too, because of course I coached myself and I was like, what about that? You know, I did the exact same thing you just said. And what it came down to is it sounds unintelligent. And I have this thing where I'm like weirded out about how, uh, in when people have a full access to a full blown keyboard, they write, instead of writing out Y-O-U, they write just U or just R or they spell great, G-R and then eight, the number. That kind of stuff, when you have access to a full-blown keyboard, it's different if you're just texting real quick, you know? That is a little bit different to me, but it scares me. It makes me feel like it's the dumbing down of our nation where there no people will no longer know how to, the difference between T-O-O and T-W-O because they just use the number two. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what really gets under my skin because there's a lot of times you and I do it and I feel like it's really endearing and it's almost like a form of our baby talk, right. which is quite gross, but I'm sure you guys are going to hear that a time or two. You know, what's interesting is it reminds me of a story uh, that one of my clients told me and he's a lawyer and he was saying he had trouble finding students to work for him that could write legal documents because they would use stuff like that in legal documents. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, it's that movie idiocracy coming to fruition. Yeah. So I, I get you. I get you. I think it's just kind of a way for people to be funny too. You know, I don't know if it's just a dumbing down, but it, it does start to uh, kind of eat away at your vocabulary. It's true. Yeah, I mean, that's really what it it seems to... You know what the worst for me is? Okay, so now this one I know I don't do. (laughs) So I I can say that I fucking hate this one. And not a lot of people do it anymore. It used to be kind of like a MySpace thing where they would do 
a mixture of capital letters and lowercase letters throughout everything. And it and it was like what it is that supposed to be some sort of like lame attempt at graphic art with your typing or typography? I, I just oh my gosh, I hate that. I don't see that very often, but um I do like to call people out on that, of course. Well, you do it with your logo and stuff. Like you use small e, large a, like that kind of stuff. No, 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 no. No, I'm I'm not talking about using it as a like a statement. I'm talking about people type like that oh. on um, on Facebook, yeah. you know. And it, I think it used to be a MySpace thing. I never did MySpace, but it seemed like they would do that all the And when I see it, to me, like, and I judge, of course. Like I immediately make up, you are not smart. And so, in fact, I do have a podcast that I want to do on judging. So I'll have to follow my own tips. Always judging. Look at the baby. Look at the baby. Yes. Movie quote. (laughs) Always smiling. Hi, honey. Judging. Watching. Look at the baby. Look at the baby. That's something we were saying is like, we're kind of falling short on our movie quotes. We got to kind of pull it together here. (laughs) I want to to have awesome little things to splice in. So that'll be perfect. So we were thinking of some of the ways we've been total hypocrites about this sh- shortening of the word thing. And it's just regular things like saying convo instead of conversation. You know, we'll say things like that, like, oh, we should have a convo or that's my fave instead of that's my favorite. Um, and we are super guilty about creating new monikers for restaurants that we frequent. So, uh, or, and, or any, any place, like we did it with, um, Barnes and Noble, instead of calling it Barnes and Noble, we call it Barnesy Nobes. And I personally think that's a a fucking adorable, but I could totally see how that would gross somebody out. It it might come off unintelligent to somebody else. (laughs) I could see how that could happen. The other one we do is, uh, we go to the soup plantation and we call it soupy peas. (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we like fine dining. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, fine dining at Soupy Peas. So and the whole reason this even came up and I was like, oh my gosh, babe, I think we might have to retract our segment about shortening words. I mean, not completely. I still hate totes and I still hate natch and I definitely hate totes consent. That's just out of control. But um, it started because I was thinking, oh, I kind of like the idea of calling the podcast, just start calling them pods, like this week on the pods or, you know, and then, and then I thought, uh oh, I can't do that because people are like, hey, remember when you said you hated when you shortened words? What's pod then? You know, but I mean, seriously, we do it with a bunch of shit, like even it's prom season right now. That's short for promenade. Who the fuck is going to say, are, are you going to your your senior promenade? Like. Some stuff we have to, right? Well, that's one of those things that's already been shortened, hasn't it? Right? Like, who knew it was promenade? I did because I'm intelligent right. and I don't say, I don't spell out great with a G-R and then an eight. <laughs> that's why. But but that's, that's case in point. Like, we don't say promenade. Like, ask anybody going to the prom right now, and I bet you 99% of those people wouldn't know that it's called promenade. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah, no, I totally think you're right. So there's there's certain things like, for instance, we've been shortening shortening things like fave, like that's my fave for a long time, right? I get, maybe it's just that I'm getting old and it's like the new terms like totes is not okay with me. 
or rad or bad are those things that we used to say back in my day what were the cool thing what were the cool like terms to say when you were in high school which was ages ago yeah i don't even remember my memory doesn't go back that far i remember being in seventh grade and the word fresh was just in um i graduated in 97 um and uh mr Smith graduated in 89. So we have a, you know, he's kind of the high school in the 80s. I was high school in the 90s. And, but I remember that really clearly because my dad would always give me shit about it. He'd be like, fresh, where'd you pick this one up? You know, and I was like, dad, everybody's saying it. You know, uh, ours was what Valley Girl talk was just starting to come in. So totally. And rad were the two that everyone said. And maybe that's why, maybe that's why I hate it so much. I'm, I'm always trying, I know that I sound like a Valley girl and I don't like it. I, because I think that sounds unintelligent. So I'm always trying to temper that a little bit. Uh, but maybe that's the totes thing that I can't stand. Because really, who says totes besides like the total white girl, Valley girl? That's true. Totes. Right? Yep. So maybe that's what it, maybe it's, maybe it's a, it's more of a cultural issue about, I, I'm not, no, I'm not even going to get into all that. All right. Bottom line is we decide that we're going to shorten words if we like it and if it uh, feels like fun little baby talk for us. But um, I'm not going to start saying totes. That I would feel horrendous for. But I just want to say that so I can start calling these pods. But I needed to feel like I wasn't a hypocrite. I just get, I remember one tubular. And yeah, tubular was one that everyone said. <laughs> You're lying. No, isn't that awful? It was a surf term saying that, you know, you were in the tube. <laughs> so it was tubular if it was really cool. That was the worst. The worst of the 80s right there. Uh, I'm so glad you're my sidekick. That is dope. <laughs> Oh my gosh! All right, so let's talk about what we're gonna what we're gonna share today. And uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but what we typically try to do is we'll do about two weeks where the content is related to relationship stuff, and then we'll vacillate between that and then just regular life stuff that really can apply to any area, not just something in an intimate partnership. So today we're gonna be digging into more of a life type of topic, and it's really how to set yourself up to win. Every time with everything, right? And uh, so I want to just kind of flip flip the script a little bit on what we think success looks like uh, and really, truly how that influences our self-worth, right? Because a lot of times we collapse the two, and I'm going to explain to you what I, what I mean by that. So what what i'm going to talk about a lot today is how we will have certain desires or goals or wants in our life <clears throat> whether it is you you know you want to settle down and get married you want to have a baby you want to own a house you have a desire to have a specific career and we collapse all of our self-worth and a lot of times our identity with if we achieve those things or not so a lot of times how it shows up for us is we think if, uh, you know, once I get that house, then I can be happy. Or, you know what, once my kids are, are 
older and out of the house, then things will be really awesome. Or once I'm accepted or once people love me, once somebody falls in love with me, then things can start, right? So so that's one major way that it shows up for us where we think that our self-worth is contingent on all of these things that are actually outside of us, right? That doesn't really have to do with your your character, who you are being. It's more the things that you want to attain right. in your life. So another huge thing that I see come up for a lot of people is where whatever it is that they want, they make it mean something about their character. So for instance, I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, if you... Well, I'll give you an example from my own life, okay? So as many of you guys know, I am involved in theater and and really enjoying that a lot. And I can see, man, like if you didn't have a thick skin and a really great like self-worth, this business could destroy you because you deal with being let down and stuff all the time. And I'm just doing real small, you know, community things. But so I had... I had this thing that I wanted, right? I wanted a role in this specific play. So I auditioned for it and I did not get it. And so I had coached myself through the whole process and I thought, okay, I'm, you know, I'm going to handle myself with grace. And I really was like textbook integrity. Like I thanked the directors. I was like, I'm so honored that I was able to be a part of this and thank you for allowing me to read, blah, 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 blah. And then the next day, I realized that I was like com- completely devastated, like so bummed out. And I realized that what was happening is I wasn't collapsing my self-worth. I wasn't saying I, I will be worthwhile as long as I get this part. But I wasn't allowing myself the opportunity to actually grieve when I didn't get what I wanted. So... So knowing that and having that awareness, I was able to go, okay, I just need to cry it out. And I think you were, you're like, you were leaving the house and I was bawling and, and you were like, oh, I feel bad leaving you. And I'm going, no, I'm just processing. I'm just letting myself feel what I feel. And, and that was kind of the beauty of the awareness because there, there's been times in my life where I would have made that rejection mean something about who I am as a person. Like Amy's not worthy or I'm not likable or there's something wrong with me as a human. So that's what a lot of times we will do. We'll think if I didn't get that job, then I must be a failure or I'm not worthy or we make it something massive about our character and who we are. The reality is, is it's just a desire that didn't happen. It was just something you wanted that you didn't get. It doesn't have to mean that your entire self-worth is based on that thing that's actually outside of you. So you're you're nodding your head over there. What are you what are you thinking? Well, I'm just I'm just taking a line. It's a pretty deep concept, but so what do you do? Look for the silver lining? Like how do you not uh, attach yourself to the outcome? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, we don't plan these, by the way. We don't script at all. In fact, Mr. Smith's always like, what are we talking about today? And I'm like, just go with it. But we always have our first little uh, segment that we call shoot the shit segment. And and then we get into like some comments so, or 
uh, content. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, I usually always have an idea about what I want to shoot the shit about, but, um, but usually not until like the day of, I decide what we we're going to talk about the content, but Mr. Smith never knows. Um, thank you for just rolling with That's the punches. It's my segue. It's my way of contributing. That's awesome. Uh, so, so a couple of things. The first thing I want you to do is I want you to give yourself the permission to want what you want. And I'm going to give you a tool to help you separate the things that you want from your life from your self-worth. So it doesn't have to equate anything about who you are. Okay. And the, the other thing that I just want to mention about this is it also means that if you succeed at something, that also does not dictate your self-worth in the sense that, for instance, if I get somebody who who t- takes a class of mine or a client or something like that and they they give me all these accolades and comments and they just say, you are just so amazing and thank you, you have contributed so much to my life, blah, 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 blah. Which those of you who know me know that that will that will get you a long way because I love positive feedback, as we mentioned on our our last podcast, our last pod. <laughs> uh, so if so if somebody is giving me all these compliments, uh, the way it just because they think that I'm awesome, that does not equal my self worth. So how I view that is a gift. Okay, because we can also do the opposite where we think as long as everybody loves me, as long as I'm getting positive feedback, as long as I'm getting that job, as long as I'm, you know, as long as everything's sunshiny, then I must be worthy, right? And like we were mentioning before, if it doesn't happen, then I must be unworthy. So if I receive those amazing, you know, blessings and gifts from people, I accept them as such. I don't say, okay, now I must be a worthwhile human. I go, okay, awesome. Thank you for sharing such a beautiful gift with me. So then what do you base your self-worth on? On my character, on who I am. And I'll, I'm going to get into that a little bit. But um, but not on the things that I'm not in control of. That's the key. Because if you base your self-worth on the things that you are not in control of, you are inevitably setting yourself up for success. You can't win. Because you're dependent on that person to love you, that person to give you the job, that person to think you're smart, you know, and that baby to love you, you know, like whatever. So, um, so the first thing is, is really to give your, yourself permission to want what you want. If you're single and you want a relationship, that's fine. You know, have that be a desire of your heart. You want to have a child. Great. Have that be a, a goal or a desire. You want to climb up in the company, whatever, whatever. But it's going to stay as a desire. It's going to stay as a goal. We're going to, we're not going to allow that to dictate if you're worthy or not in this, in this world. Mm. <clears throat> so the second thing that we want to do is we want to create a new definition of success. Okay. So for instance, when I, um, when I went up for that audition, if I said to myself, okay, success means getting that part, getting cast in that show, then I'm setting up success on something that I am not in control over, has nothing to do with my character. It has everything to do with external forces, right? So in order for me to not collapse my self-worth with that, I had to go, okay, my definition of success for this thing that I want, my definition is 
I will be successful as long as I am proud of me. As long as I can wake up the next day and say, you know what? I am really proud of the effort that I put forth. Not that I was perfect. Not that I was flawless. But that I did something that scared me. um, That I followed through. That I committed. um, All of those things that have to do with me. Not even with what I'm, what I'm doing. It all has to do with my character. And it's all things that I can control. Mm-hmm. So that I can walk away that night, which I did, going, you know what? I'm fucking proud of myself. Even though I knew I didn't get cast, you know, I still was able to walk away with my head held high. And then the next day, that's when I realized, you know what? I need to mourn this a little bit because I didn't get what I wanted. But I was crying because I was bummed. Not because Amy Smith was a failure. Right. And, you know, now I'm horrible. Now I'm awful. So, so you showed up as your authentic self is what you're saying. <laughs> I love when Mr. Smith uses coaching terms and he's so he's so he's slight about it sometimes, like where he just wants to shame on you, you little smart ass. <laughs> just uh, wanting to get under your skin a little bit. Since 1997, getting under my skin since 1997. <laughs> So, um, you know, and and the tool that I want you to use for this is I want you to write out on a piece of paper, I want, there's going to be three columns, okay? And this is going to be any time you find that you really, really are invested in something, you want something really bad, you have a desire. So in the first column, I want you to write, I allow myself the permission to desire the following. And then you're just going to list it out. And it's going to be a baby, a house, this new job, being cast in this show, new roller skates, whatever the fuck you want to write. Then the second part is you, I want you to write, but my self-worth is defined by the following. So let's say it is, um, your desire is, uh, let's say to... Your desire is to find a soulmate and settle down um, and get married, right? But your self-worth, even though I want that, my self-worth is going to be defined by my integrity, um, my compassion, my kindness, my openness, the things that make you proud, your character traits, the things that make you proud of you. And then the third and final column is related to this particular thing you desire I want this column to be, and my new definition of success is, and then you want to fill in the blank. Now, the stipulation for the two second columns is that they have to be things that you can win at that are not contingent on somebody else, meaning you can't say my new definition of success is if I get four dates this week. Because that's dependent on all these other people, right? Mm-hmm. So your new definition of success has to be something that you are in control of, of right? So your new definition of success might be, um, I will, and it'll usually be something you can be proud of. Like, I will be proud of myself if, um, if I really put myself out there. However I'm received, I'm not in control of that, right? But I'll be really proud of myself if I actually go to this singles, you know, event at church, I'll be really proud of myself. Whether or not you meet anybody, whether or not anybody says you're beautiful or not, that will feel like success to you. So you get to create that. Oh, I thought you were going to no, say I something. Just, I, was just a, I was just agreeing. 
um, I think it's awesome to um, put your self-worth into the, your values and ethics and who you are as a person and not the external things in your life. I think that's great advice. And and the other kind of caveat with that is give yourself the permission to fail every once in a while. Give yourself the permission to not be in in, in, in integrity. You know, maybe you aren't as kind as you should be. Whatever. We're all human. So there's always like this little element of grace. You know, like, okay, I'm going to employ my grace uh, coupon right now because I wasn't eloquent. But in those moments, that's when you go clean up the mess you made. It's not that okay, well, I didn't act with integrity. I didn't act with kindness, compassion, or all these character traits that I do like about myself. Okay, I'm human. I get the human free hall pass, right? That's when you go, okay, I have a mess to clean up. I need to go to apologize. I spoke to them out of anger, or I didn't handle myself in the best way I could. And you go, you go clean up the mess. But again, that doesn't mean you're a failure for the rest of your life and you're damaged and you're pathetic and all the shit that we make up in our own minds. So the third and final thing is, you know, what I kind of mentioned earlier is when you don't get what you want, give yourself the space to mourn it. Give yourself the expanse to be bummed out. Again, like that situation with not being cast, I was bummed. Um, But what was so awesome is when I was crying and bawling my eyes out that next day, I had the awareness to realize like I'm just sad. I'm just a little bummed that I didn't get something that I desired. I'm not crying because I feel like there is something wrong with who I am. And that's the distinction. That's the difference. So it's not always shit and glitter, as I like to say. You know, I'm not always like unicorns and all of that. Sometimes I really, I don't choose the higher road, but I need to give myself the grace, um, and the permission that even if I don't, I don't have to make that mean that I'm not worthy or not an okay person. Yeah, so I think that that's actually about all that I have for you guys today. And I, I really would encourage you, whenever you find yourself really attached to a specific outcome, whether it's you're going on a date and you've made it mean that, okay, it it'll this will be successful as long as I get a second date or as long as they compliment me or as long as they think I'm attractive or, you know, this, this, um, this job interview will be – as long as I get the job – then this will be successful. Like watch your definition of success. Can't Is there room to switch it into something that would be much more powerful? You know, how can you make it be something that you are actually in control of? Um, that's where we lose all of our power is when we say, okay, you can approve of me and then I'll be worthy. You can accept me and then everything will be fine. Mm-hmm. So check yourself and then use that little tool. Write those out with the three columns. I allow myself to desire the following. I give myself permission to want what I want. But my self-worth is defined by these things. Spell them out. The things that you can be in control of and that you're proud of. And finally, my new definition of success is this. Again, only things that you can win at. So it doesn't mean that your life will be free of hardship. But it will mean that everything that you desire, everything that you go after, you can you can now not have that destroy you. Have you ever seen those people who like they don't get the job they want and they're destroyed or um, they don't get into the college that they want and they're destroyed? Um, 
gosh, like, uh, or they can't have a baby. That's a big one. And that, you know, now I'm, I am not, I'm no longer worthy, right? That's different than just mourning that you're not able to have kids or something like that. That's a hard one because people feel life purpose with having children, you know, like life purpose doesn't necessarily mean a job or a relationship or things like that, but having a baby is a tough one. Yeah. And we probably shouldn't open that up if we've got like three minutes to go, but, (laughs) but, but again, that's the same thing. Like it really is. You are limiting yourself so much. If you say I'm only worthwhile as a woman, if I am able to do this thing that I desire, you guess what? You are worthy no matter what, whether that ever happens or, or not. And if I shit glitter, I'm worthy. God damn you. Oh my gosh. Am I the am I the comedy or not? Like uh, you're the content, I'm the comedy. Oh, easy, easy, Mr. Smith. Oh my gosh. All right. So, um so I want you to really set yourself up to win every time with everything by investing in things that are related to your character, things that are within your control and that aren't invested in external forces. All right? Preserve your power, you guys. And, um, yeah, so that's about it. So here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, signing out.